You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here we go, episode 47 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Ken Stapon at B McCarthy95 at LeafsPod at HockeyPodNet. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge on the line than to test it with a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. What do we want you to do? Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN to claim your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, Joined by Brendan McCarthy here. Brendan, what's happening, brother? Hey, man. I know I took a load management day the other day. I was going to take one today after getting vaccinated, but good to hear we're both vaccinated now. So, buddy, step one, buddy. I I don't have the laggy feeling today. It's like I feel fine. You got a little arm soreness, but to be expected. Uh, Congratulations, though. I know that this is uh, something that we've both been pursuing for quite some time, and I know I have a little bit more peace of mind now, especially dealing with the general public, like upwards of sometimes 150, 200 people a day at my job. So nice now to uh, be on the right track to get some protection for myself and uh, those that I care about around me. 
And really happy with the Swift process too. We were talking about it My briefly goodness. yesterday. I mean, I was just thrilled. I, I couldn't really have expected a better uh, experience, if you will, because it was just Swift. They had music playing and I was put <laughs> at ease the entire time. It was great. Yeah, no, big shout out. Uh, I got mine done at the Toronto Convention Center right downtown. A well machine. Yeah, I was, absolutely. I was, I was in and out of there in half an hour. 15 minutes of the half an hour was me sitting at the ends, just sort of making sure that you're good to go. That was and the longest was, window. Yeah. And I was also very happy because I parked illegally in front of the convention center and just sort of was like, you know Went what? For it. Like, there's no parking. <laughs> I'm just going to park it here and I'll pay the ticket. Or if I get towed, whatever, I'll deal with that after. Because uh, obviously there was more important things at hand, but no ticket. So horseshoe up my ass on that one perhaps but take it and run <laughs> god take it he and escapes run. unscathed escapes unscathed all right so i'm gonna start off this podcast by going back to a take that i had in the prior pod which may as well be on cold takes exposed that there wasn't going to be a way that the maple Leafs were going to be able to squeeze in frederick anderson for a start this season i didn't understand how they were going to be able to do it with the cap stipulations obviously that was the incorrect take because Frederick Anderson gets the start on Wednesday night against the Ottawa Senators, uh, some cap gymnastics, and perhaps it was ignorance of me to doubt the abilities of Brandon Pridham, who basically had a large part in writing the salary cap. So he understands better than anybody how to manipulate it in his team's favor. Um, the team is ultimately able to retroactively put Zach Hyman, Zach Bogosian onto the LTIR, clearing their cap hit. They send Rasmus Sandin back down to the taxi squad. Bada bing, bada boom, there's your $5 million. Freddie Anderson plugs in against the Ottawa Senators. What was your analysis off of Anderson's play? Yeah, I mean, just some thrifty cap management from Dubas and company to, to be able to get him in for one final game in the regular season. I, I was astounded that they were able to do this. But here we are recording on May 13th, Thursday, and Jack Campbell's slot, slotting in to, to play the final game of the regular season Friday against the Winnipeg Jets. But Kenny, you know me. I, I'm in Frederick Anderson's corner. I, and I'm sure you are, I'm not convinced yet that he can start for game one. There's no, like to me, are you still in the camp that Frederick Anderson should be the game one starter? Because I think after his performance last night and looking at his last couple starts in the AHL, I think it's pretty clear. Right. Well, yeah, Who's I just said I'm not. I'm not convinced. I, no, I, as much as Campbell. I like the dude, I think it has yeah. to be Campbell. You got to ride the hot hand. Something you've alluded to before, and yeah. you know, it's like in baseball. You got to keep the pitcher gunning, even if he gives up a weak hit or something. If he's your guy and he's going, you know, five six innings, keep him. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like the analytics. Yeah, that's a fun kind of a funny conversation when it comes to the MLB because you see these managers now, and I feel that sometimes they get caught up in the analytics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Guy prematurely who's wheeling and dealing just because he gets to a certain pitch count or a certain inning. And how many times have we seen them bring in, you know, somebody out of the bullpen and then he gets absolutely shelled and then you got, you know, Kershaw just beacon off in the, in the dugout, just so mad. That, what happened like, in the playoffs they, last they year when uh, yeah. they yanked Blake Snell on the race? It was just a poor, poor managerial decision. But in this case for the Leafs, I think you got to ride with Campbell. And then no, as, certainly, yeah, almost certainly like he's going to be the starter for game one. Um, I do maintain that. I think that Anderson is going to be important to this team because as we've seen from Jack Campbell, he can give you tremendous starts, 
but also like he has those stinkers every once in a while who is it against ottawa where he let in what two goals on the first three shots that's going to yep. happen to any goaltender but we've seen it happen to campbell and to be honest even though anderson's performance hasn't been the best since he came back he wasn't the best against ottawa last night i would still have more confidence in anderson in a backup role than i would in michael hutchinson or david riddich absolutely and yeah. that's the luxury they have because you know how scary is that to to ride you know you're you're obviously flip-flopping them but campbell to start and then frederick anderson a bona fide starter to come in for relief i mean that is just going to bode well for a deep playoff series I got to be honest, I feel ba- a little bit bad for Frederick Anderson, and I know that a lot of Leafs Nation will jump down my throat for that take because he hasn't performed up to standard this year in particular, even in the regular season. In past seasons, he's been a stud. During the regular season, it's been the playoffs where he's come up short. I feel bad for Anderson this year because I think he kind of got a raw deal. Obviously, he got... He was dealing with injury for a long stretch, sort of came back prematurely, ends up basically getting ostracized out of the lineup because of the cap moves that the team needs to make. Doesn't have an opportunity probably to come back as early as he would have liked to because of the cap situation, because you can't really just put certain players on the shelf if you're the team for extended periods of time. In fact, the only reason that they were able to put Bogosian and Hyman on there now was because they knew that they weren't going to be able to come back before the postseason, and then they can just wipe the slate clean as soon as the postseason comes around, and then you don't have to worry about the cap issues or anything like that. This was a contract year for Anderson, and I got to feel at this point, it doesn't really matter what happens in the postseason. Unless he wants to take a substantial pay cut, he's not going to be coming back in Toronto next year I, I don't see it happening doesn't look like it and i don't think that he's going to be willing to take less than five million bucks if anderson wanted to come back at 3.5 would i say yeah probably i think at that price point it would make sense for the team and but i don't see him you know wanting to take a pay cut and as a free agent it's his right to test the open market and it might be time for the organization and the player to move apart at this point barring some sort of spectacular turnarounds uh, in the postseason which I, I can't foresee it from what I've seen from the player this season or recently. And classic scenario last night. Obviously, it's good to see the Battle of Ontario live and well, but ex-Leafs coming back to haunt their former team. Connor Brown had multiple chances, had, what, one goal, two assists last night, something like that, finished the year strong. He was outstanding this season, and Ottawa has he a gem. Shots last he night. hasn't had 20 goals since 16-17, uh, his rookie year. So he's been outstanding. Actually, we alluded to this on a previous pod, how depleted... Team Canada is going to be at the World Hockey Championships. Connor Brown is the top-line center. I don't know if you saw that. He is slotted in to be the top-line center for Team Canada. That's how depleted and thin they are in terms of trying to allure guys over to play because they're going to have virtually nobody. they gotta, they got to dig through the, the prospect pipeline, man. It's just <laughs> I it's saw a thin. bunch of like, you know, CHL players and like yeah. AHL players are... Uh, heading over there and good for them it's a great opportunity probably one that they wouldn't have during a normal season but I'm not surprised at all that the big name NHLers who would normally head over that team don't make the playoffs are kind of like screw that you know it's been a difficult season for these players they've had to quarantine you know being on the road just hanging out in your hotel room by yourself it's like why would you then after this season 
want to travel, do the quarantine again. It's just like it's a lot to ask of these players. So I didn't see that Connor Brown is listed as C1, but good for him. C1, I'm really happy buddy. for Connor Brown because he didn't really he couldn't carve out a role, a big enough role in Toronto, which is obviously he was a cap casualty. They had to ship him out to Ottawa. He's been given more opportunities by his former assistant coach and now head coach DJ Smith uh, in Ottawa. He's been a really good player, especially shorthanded. Like, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, oh, but it seems God. like this guy's finding shorthanded goals all the time. Six shots on goal last night for Brown, I believe. Like, he was just buzzing around the ice. He looks good, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. Zaitsev, the other guy who found the back of the net last night. Yeah, and, you know, again, there's going to be the people who are saying, you know, you can't blame Anderson for certain goals, but he was just swimming at times last night. It was just, oh. uh, it was a little bit hard to watch, especially on the aforementioned Connor Brown's goal. He sort of comes in shorthanded, shoots it, and then Anderson, like, I don't know, he like, lost sight of the pocket. He's just kind of spinning around, and then Brown's able to ultimately get his own rebound and put it past Austin Matthews, who seemed to be in a better position to make the save than Frederick Anderson. It's crazy. I heard this style last night. The Ottawa Senators had seven shorthanded goals in the regular season, five of them credited to Connor Brown. Yep. So there you go. And I will say on all the goals given up last night, we're going to call it a Flushem game, albeit it's the Battle of Ontario. It's a Flushem game. One team's going to the playoffs. One team is not and is looking till ahead to next September. The only goal I thought that Anderson looked bad on was the overtime winner. And you could throw the hate on Mitch Marner. Yeah, you know what? It's, it, oh, was a bit of a, it was a bit of a bonehead mistake. And you could tell it just ripped him to shreds right afterwards. But, okay. It's like, look at the situation. Like, it wasn't like a, a, a playoff game, right? It's a bad move, and it's, a, it's, a, it's risky to do it on three-on-three. On three. But Anderson also looked pretty bad giving up that goal. Yeah, it's Squeaked basically, by him. I don't know. It's a two-on-one, like, pretty flagrant. I don't know like, I'm what to want Riley to do in that situation, really. I'm not going to break him. But, like, it, it, I, I don't blame Anderson at all for the OT winner. I think it's just, like... Stuff happens in three on three, and it was a terrible, terrible turnover by Marner. Ultimately, it was. that won't matter really. Yeah, it's three on not gonna three. Not going to braid him too much. Well, three on three is like it's not it's not a real aspect of the game. It's pond once hockey. You, once, yeah, once you get into the playoffs, like obviously it matters in the regular. Exactly, season. you can pick up key points, but when it comes to playoffs, it's five on five, golden goal. Yeah, like, they're you're not, not going to get. Yeah, it's it's not, not screwing around with pond hockey three on three. It's legit like overtime until it's over five on five. Let's go. Like, yeah. So no, so I would I wouldn't worry too much. Good about job, that. Ottawa. Happy, yeah, happy for Ottawa. I guess like that was you could tell that that was kind of like their Stanley Cup game like, at the end of the season. Like they're <laughs> all much. like, yeah, we beat Toronto. Yeah, like, and like since Twitter is buzzing. It's just like buzzing. Right, like, yeah, hang them up. Enjoy the links or actually don't because you still can't golf in Ontario. Yeah. So you're going to have to travel somewhere else if you want to even go golfing. Enjoy Canada, in Ontario. Yeah, this <laughs> like good for them. But it just it's a meaningless game for Toronto at the end of the season. I would have liked to see a little bit more effort at times. But also, you know, how do you get up for a game against you know, a team that's kind of in the basements, like you said, it has no implications on where this team is going to end up in the standings. Um, I did like the Tavares goal. I think he's ended up now with 50 points in how many games did they play? It's 50 points in 55 games for him so far this season, I believe, is the number. Remarkable. So, yeah, decent season for him. Nice turnaround. Uh, a very unassuming 50-point season from Tavares. 
because that's just shy of a point per game pace. Um, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, as I like to say on this podcast, but the production out of the captain has been not as bad as you would, the fan base would <laughs> make you try to believe based off the way they talk about this guy. Yeah, he's really turned it around because he did have a bit of a rough stretch dry spell for a little bit, but he's been he's been dynamite of late. And another takeaway for me last night was Nick Felino because there was a few times where Brady Kachuk was just running Mitch and Austin into the boards and finally Nick was just like, "All right, enough." He actually kind of lost it. I don't know if you saw that. It was like I th- I think it was like post whistle and Kachuk was still jabbing at Campbell in the crease. And Felino just comes over, and it was just like flashback to Columbus days. He's like, no, nah, there'll be none of that. I've seen what you're doing all night, and it's going to stop. And if you're going to con- continue to do it, we also have we also got Wayne <laughs> we also got Wayne Simmons on the bench too. Big game for at the end of the season now, uh, or the final game, I should say. I don't know how big it is as both teams are kind of locked in. But you know, the Leafs have finished out the season now on Friday against Winnipeg. Uh, a little bit of a gap, likely now in the schedule before the playoffs start. Because I believe that the NHL wants all the divisions to sort of finish up their uh, seasons or like have all the teams finish up their seasons. I think like the divisions down south might start before the end of the Canucks series. But it's my understanding that for the North Division, they want to just finish out the games between Calgary and Vancouver, which I believe go until next Wednesday. There'll be a little bit of a gap between for uh, load management, sort of get uh, get healthy, shake the rust off, or I guess uh, get a little bit rusty. Uh, <laughs> through that five-game stretch, but just a, a little break to get some rest and uh, sort of do all the treatment and stuff that you need to do before they head into the postseason against a physical Montreal team. Just on the final note of Felino, we hadn't seen any of that. Like, no pushback from Felino. the reason why we brought him in. Like, that has to be, like, the, the springboard to what we're about to see in the playoffs because that is his role, and that was the first time... Like, he's only played a handful of games, but you got to establish what your name and presence is on this team right away for the coach to see for the players to see and feel secure so there's got to be more of that from Nick Felino I love it no I certainly think that there will be I think that everybody understands the situation right now which is these games are kind of a formality you know, yeah you know who you're getting in the first round you're getting Montreal uh, the broadcast loved to point this out was it uh, first time since 1979 yes sir yeah they were hammering that that point home uh sort of sad that's the, there won't be any fans in the sense. We can get to that in just a minute. I want to finish on my thoughts on Felino. I would expect every him to come as advertised as soon as the playoffs like kick off. I don't think that there's been any reason for him to be stirring stuff up or to be dropping the gloves or to be getting overly physical to this point because you want to stay healthy and be ready to go come game one. I would expect we'll see a different player as soon as the puck drops in game one against the Habs. And there will be no Josh Anderson running around. There will be no, you know, Brendan Gallagher taking little hacks at people. That's when you're going to see the value in Felino and the value in Simmons and why they made the acquisitions for these players, both at the trade deadline and in the offseason entering into this season. But it's it's nice to have a preview, though, because when you don't get a preview, fans start to worry. Like remember when David Clarkson was acquired I'm from not Toronto? Worried. You shouldn't be worried. Well, now I'm not because I've seen some pushback, but for a while I was like, Felino, like, what are you doing, man? Like, get in there. Get involved. Protect your star Uh, players. Like when David Clarkson, as I alluded to, when he got signed for seven years, you know, he's supposed to be a better Darcy Tucker, and he just was a complete boss, one of the biggest boss signings in Leafs history because he didn't come as advertised. And he he went went the other way, actually. He went a complete beeline. He tried to dunk 
out of the gate. You know, jumps off the bench to try to protect. Very true. Uh, in a preseason game from from John Scott, and got like, what, what did he get for that? Like a ten game suspension. That yeah, was the it start was. Of his. <laughs> and there was that, and then there was like an Ottawa game where he jumped off the bench to defend Kadri, I think, and then he got dinged for that. And then yeah, the whole um, lumberjack Phil Kessel on John Scott. That was that was just a <laughs> shit show. Oh my god. What does? And then Clarkson was no more. Like just yeah. a seven year. Yeah. 35 mil AAV, like, or not 30 AAV total. Like, that's yeah, just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad yeah. All right, but, let's move to around the league. Okay, so I want to give a big shout out to uh, Minnesota Wild prospect Marco Rossi, who has been given the green lights to return skating. Uh, basically, Rossi has had a terrible, terrible bout with COVID. And it really affected his ability to play. Uh, he was actually very, very sick with the illness. Now he's recovered. He's gotten the green light to skate again. Uh, just a really n- nice news coming out of Minnesota that he's going to be able to return to training now. Because it was a scary situation for Rossi earlier this season where he was so sick. And like, the doctors were telling him, like, you know, you got to shut it down for a substantial amount of time to try to regain your health. So uh, good for Marco Rossi. Big shout out to him. Uh, Happy to hear that he is healthy and on his way to recovery, uh, I suppose. I want to talk about the rest of the playoff picture around the league now. Um, Basically, all the first round matchups are solidified. We know the Leafs and the Habs. We know the Oilers and the Jets. Um, Let's round out the rest of the league with the Canes uh, up against the Preds. The Bruins get the Caps, the Panthers and the Lightning, the Pens versus the Isles, the Abs versus the Wild, and the Knights versus the Blues. Uh, We'll run through each of these series and just give our sort of preliminary thoughts. Uh, What do you think about the Canes versus the Preds? Don't sleep on the Preds, man. They've been in a deep playoff position before they well hell they went to the cup final in 2017 david poyle has been able to kind of retool and adjust on the fly the canes have been phenomenal this year and rod brendamore could be up for a jack adams award no doubt and one thing that nashville possesses is just tremendous uh tremendous goalie depth i mean uc soros has won them games this year when pekka rene has been you know kind of battling some injury or just Quite simply, hasn't been playing well, so Saros has gotten the shot. So I believe this series will be very tight and a sneaky, sneaky s- series. Obviously, on paper, the Canes have the edge. They have good depth, but don't sleep on the Preds because they could provide some headaches in the first round. No, a really impressive effort from Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore this season to coach that team to first place in the division. Uh, a really difficult task looking at the performance from the other teams surrounding him. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay, the cup winners, Florida coming in second place in that division. So Tampa actually got busted to third. So uh, very impressive job by Brindamore and the Canes. Obviously, they're the favorite coming into the series. Uh, but Nashville was one of the hottest teams in the NHL coming down the stretch uh, prior to the trade deadline, catapulting themselves back into playoff position. And ultimately... Um, edging out the Dallas Stars for the final spot. So a really impressive job by the Hurricanes to solidify that spot. Uh, In that division as well, it's Florida versus Tampa Bay. And this series, to me, has the makings of a bloodbath uh, as the cross-state rivals go at it for, I think it's like, this will be the first time they meet in the postseason. 
This is arguably the most intriguing matchup to me, Kenny, just because it kind of came out of nowhere. And Florida as a team has come out of nowhere in the last three to four years. They don't get a lot of notice, obviously, because they're playing in uh, Sunrise, Florida. And covering some of these games for TSN, I got to tell you, it's routine for Huberto and Barkov to score in the first 10 minutes of the hockey game. It's almost routine. They are like such underrated studs that Tampa doesn't know what's coming. I think they have an idea because they've driven them nuts in the regular season games. But I think Florida has another level and another uh, switch that they can just turn on right away. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Yeah, well, there was a there was a contest between these two the other night, and it got uh, quite physical. So that's Lots a semantics, like after after the whistle. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I could easily see Florida winning this series and knocking off the defending Stanley Cup champs. I love that. They, it's it, they have been up and coming for years. You, you highlight Barkov, you highlight Huberto, uh, Joel Quinville, obviously an established coach who has this team firing on all cylinders. I think Tampa has to watch out right now for the Florida Panthers. Uh, obviously, they've seen each other now. I don't know how many times they play each other. Nine, ten times. So... This is the one caveat entering the postseason is there aren't going to be any state secrets for any of these matchups because each team has played each other 10 times. So you know exactly what's coming. Uh, don't sleep on the Panthers, man. Like one of the hottest teams in the league, obviously finished ahead of Tampa in that division in second place. And my goodness, we've talked about this before, but I'm not looking forward to resetting the divisions next season and having to deal with the Panthers, the Lightning and the Bruins and like the Senators as well, for that matter. They've been a real pain in the ass down the stretch, so it'll be uh, a difficult task for Toronto next season, but let's stick uh, with the playoffs this season because that's where we are right now. Uh, Bruins, Capitals, uh, this one I think has the possibility to be one of the most physical series in the first round. Uh, We know that the Bruins like to sniff around and get into that sort of physical style of play. Uh, The Capitals as well with Wilson, Big Z, um, the drama earlier in the year with what Wilson did to Carlo, uh, making him miss extended time. This one is going to be another bloodbath, to be honest. And the Capitals still have a, a quite a few remaining pieces from that cup run in 2018. And the Bruins are just a big, bad, mean hockey group in the playoffs, as we know very well, Ken. And man, this is definitely going to be a similar type uh, bloodbath series to the Canes, or not the Canes, the, the Bolts and the Panthers, man, because an, another example of, of two teams who just butt heads all the time, and uh, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is uh, trying to tune out Jack Edwards, because I don't want to hear him <laughs> call every game. I'll just oh pull out God. my hair. Yeah, it's, it's just, a, sometimes I'm just like, can you just stop, please? Like, please you, stop. Like, hand the mic the over. Other day? Did you hear him the other day on the, the on milk carton? off butt end? Oh my god! I'm just like, like okay. oh, dirty play by Karmaroff. I'm like, <laughs> like okay, oh my god. Like, he didn't jab him in like the the family jewels or anything. Like, god damn it! Yeah, it was a dirty play from uh, Uncle Leo, but I didn't think it garnered that reaction. It's just kind of like that sort of stuff happens all the time. Obviously, it got more play because it was after the whistle. Um, I've been jabbed before by the butt end. It doesn't feel great, and uh, Uncle Leo is probably one of the best in the business at dishing that one out. I thought it might have been milked a little bit by Pasternak as well to try to sort of garner a penalty after the whistle. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was yeah. not having it. He was irate. But it's in that. turn, if it's flipped and, and you know, like the Bruins pull a nasty slew foot or something, you're just like, 
he'll just defer to something else. He's like, and Marshawn is sticking up for his teammate as he should. I'm like, you just missed a blatant, like possible suspendable play. Like it's yeah, just, it's I know there's Homer broadcasters. I get it, but you know, for for Joe Bowen. for our team, Joe Bowen, <laughs> he he keeps it somewhat objective when he has to. He still gives it his all yeah, when right. the opposition scores. Yeah, he does. Well, he yeah, does. no, he he gives it his all when the opposition scores, but like he's uh he's he's not like on Jack Edwards level, obviously. No, which is just like I can't even like I listen to the I watch the game on mute when yeah Jack, turn I'm, the radio I'm, I'm on, on and some it, music. He, I put on some music in the background, and I just watch without the commentary. I'm not even kidding. My, it's it's so difficult to listen to. My uncle used to, this was technically for Bob Cole, which I love Bob Cole, but he loved listening to Joe Bowen. So he on Saturday nights, he would tune out Bob Cole on the TV, bring uh, an old radio station down, and put on, uh, I guess it was AM640 Leafs at the time, and Bowen just losing his mind. But there'd be a delay. So I hated it as a kid, because it's just like, this is messing me up. But he just couldn't stand listening to Cole for some reason. You just, well, nowadays, you can just sync up. Like, you just pause the TV, and you just get to sync up with the radio broadcast. This was, like, 05. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> this is this is prior to it. Like, that happens oftentimes when we're doing the Raptors games at TSN. Sometimes the radio call will be not synced with the TV. It yeah. It makes it so difficult to watch the game. Because you yeah. already know exactly what's happening before it happens, like when a, when a bucket's going in. Uh, it can make it way less exciting. Uh, just some final thoughts on the Caps. I give... Peter Laviolette, a ton of credit for what he was able to do with this group this year. Entering this season, I thought that the Capitals might be a team that was ready to take a step back and ultimately might not make the playoffs. Boy, was I wrong. Like, that was another, like, freezing cold take, as it turns out. Um, The Capitals solidified themselves again as being one of the dominant forces in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Obviously, a playoff-hardened team. Uh, with a ton of players that are still, you know, on that group that won the cup just a couple of years back. So watch out for the Capitals come the postseason time. They're clearly more engaged this season than they were in the bubble last year, where they ultimately just decided that they were going to have a party and get their coach fired. So that that's what I was basing my opinion off entering this year. But that Capitals Bruins series is going to be must-watch TV. Uh, Penn's Isles. This one's been a, a, is a probably a little bit more unassuming for people north of the border. Uh, Pittsburgh has been one of the hottest teams in the league through the second half of the season. Crosby just on an absolute heater, and the Isles are going one of those teams that's just a huge pain in the ass to play against. Like they gum up the middle. That it's not an exciting style of play, but it's effective. Uh, and Barry Trotz is going to have his game plan ironed out for the Pittsburgh Penguins and on how to slow down their best players up front, and specifically number 87. Well, there was a brief period, too, if you remember, Kenny, earlier in the year when the Flyers were in a playoff spot, Pittsburgh was sliding back a little bit. People were kind of thinking, oh, like, are they going to trade Crosby? Remember that whole ordeal? Like, is he going to go to Montreal oh, next year? I, I, is this I the end of the era? Part of me? trade Crosby? Yeah, that was just G- weird yeah, to hear. Rutherford leaves kind yep. of in the middle of the season, Berkey which, was, comes which in. was a little bit weird. Like, I feel like that was kind of the ownership pushing him out. Yep. Um, it was kind of obviously, a, it a was weird just, It's a weird thing. Like, for a GM to leave in the middle of the season like yeah. that kind of seems like we're going to gas you so you can just leave if you want to and we'll let you out of the deal. It's kind yeah. of like leave it. It's like an honorable discharge from the military. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, you just leave. A lot of moving parts. Sunset. Thanks for the cups. A lot of moving parts early in a season where like they weren't obviously out of it yet. <laughs> They're still the Pittsburgh Penguins, man. And 
God, they still have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in that lineup. They've been terrorizing the league since 2007. So look out, Isles. Never never doubt Sid the Kid, man. I know all the love's on McDavid and Matthews and McKinnon these days, but Sidney Crosby's still in the National Hockey League, and he's still tearing it up. And how often do we talk about, like, when you have players like Crosby or Malkin uh, in the postseason, these are the guys that can find an extra gear for you. And a lot of it for the Penguins came down to goaltending. You get bad goaltending, you're going to be a bad team. They weren't getting the strong goaltending of their starters earlier in the year, but they seem to have turned the corner there, which ultimately helped the turn turn helped the team turn the page on what was a disappointing start to the season. Uh, out west, the Avs, Minnesota, Colorado, the definitive favorites. A lot of people picking them as their favorite to make the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but don't sleep on Minnesota. They're a fun team to watch. They're exhilarating. They can put the puck in the back of the nets, and they've been a real pain in the ass for teams in the division this year. Another like really nice surprise from the new format this season. Well, you mentioned Marco Rossi off the top. Might be a long shot, but if they're like you know down and out, it's a it's a you know elimination game. Do you think management and coach are like Marco? Like we need you. We need to fill the center depth. We need you to play on a line with Caprizov. We just we need you to try and like get us a game here, get us some points, or keep us I, in this series. I think you they never would know love to do that, but I would be surprised uh, given what he's gone through this year. I don't think you can just toss the kid into a playoff series. I yeah, I mean Tyler Sagan him. was probably in like no shape to return, but I mean, uh, who, who's the coach again on, on the Stars? Oh, I'm gonna. This gonna Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus. Yeah, he was like, we need you. Like we're we're. A, two, three points out of the playoffs. We need our top guy in there. And Rossi's a ninth overall pick last year. He's young. He's who knows who he's going to form into, but perfect time to kind of get him going, throw him into the fire in a, in a playoff series. But we'll see how he feels, obviously, if he can actually play. Yeah, I suspect that probably if my gut would say they're going to err on the side of caution, given what he's gone through. Who knows what sort of physical shape he's in? I mean, like, are you able to stay in peak physical form when you're, dealing with that sort of illness i don't, i doubt it like i Fair. think that he wouldn't be physically ready to jump maybe in. maybe a pipe so, dream yeah it's a it's a pipe dream i think the organization would love it if that he was able to go but i don't suspect that we'll see him in the postseason uh so colorado like good story for minnesota but colorado the definitive favorites in that one um <laughs> i don't really have too much to say nice season minnesota but it seems like a foregone conclusion that Colorado should wipe the floor with those guys. Uh, Knights versus Blues. Again, such an impressive season for the Vegas Golden Knights. What they've been able to do, uh, despite their troubles with the salary cap, I believe the other night they had to dress a roster minus three players uh, because of their salary cap crunch and injuries that have happened to the team. Uh, but ultimately, the cap doesn't matter come postseason time. And that's what this team has been built for. Again, um, I believe that have they locked up the president's trophy if they I was just going to say so Colorado plays tonight and they have one more game to play and I I, I think it's a lock effectively for Vegas for, Kenny cuz cuz they have yeah they have 82 points Colorado is 80 and Vegas also has two more wins than Colorado so even if they do pick up a win tonight against I believe it's LA Colorado that is yeah then I don't think they can mathematically catch them so it looks like it's Vegas yeah it's, it's impressive to watch, and they were talking about this on Overdrive the other day. It's like, man, this was an expansion franchise, what, three years ago? Oh, it's crazy, man. And they and they were just an absolute wagon. Like, this wagon. wasn't supposed to be the plan. It's like they make the cup final in year one, and they've just never looked back. 
They've been been so impressive to watch. Such a force. And just like the the players on that roster, like when you look at like Mark Stone, like what the and the player that he's developed into, I thought he was a force to be reckoned with in Ottawa. But now his offense is coming along as well. In addition to being one of the best defensive wingers in the game, uh, a really experienced back end, um, quarterbacked by Alex Petrangelo, who is ready to elevate his game come postseason time. Obviously, was intricate in the St. Louis Blues Cup run, and then two starting netminders. That is going to be a huge advantage for this group moving into the postseason. Pete DeBoer was saying the other day that he looks to use both of them and probably keep the same system that they've had to this point, which is alternating starts or, you know, sort of do two and two for two. And that's a luxury that a lot of teams don't have. And Vegas, to be honest, would be crazy not to use um, putting a fresh starter in the net every night with the caliber of those two. And speaking of expansion teams, Kenny, the Seattle Kraken have their first player locked in, agreeing to terms with Luke Henman from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So they got their center. Step one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, step that, one. That, step two, expansion drafts. Take everybody yeah. else's centers. Where do you go yeah. next? I guess center is the most important. Well, I guess you go goalie. I'd probably go goalie for, for your set. I don't know. We'll see what Ron, Ron Francis and a couple of you do. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Let's go to the bar. All right, BMAC, who you got? Easy pick for me this week, Russell Westbrook. He uh, is now the all-time leader in triple doubles, surpassing Oscar Robertson. Case closed. He's an absolute machine. He is a have machine. a beer. <laughs> he, he can have a beer. Like it, He's had such an impressive career. And I know that he doesn't really care about postseason success. Like, obviously, he's had every accomplishment in the regular season. Like, he carries his teams, He, he like, every night. Uh, you're basically getting, you know, 20 points, 10 assists, and 10 boards out of him. Like, it, it's like clockwork. And it's insane to watch. Like, I, th- I believe he's actually, like, almost surpassed the Washington Wizards record for triple doubles in franchise history. And he's been there for what half a season? <laughs> it's it's mind boggling. Like the last couple games he's played, it's just like yeah, eighteen assists. It's like eighteen assists. Like he'll get twenty some nights. It's like this guy's he's such a beast, man. Oh god. If only they won that chip in twenty twelve when they had Durant, Tabaka, and Harden. I mean, I don't know how that team didn't finish it off, but yeah, I guess they had uh, the Heat probably right. LeBron in his prime. Yeah, this, that that I think was one of the most underwhelming, like groups that or underachieving groups I should say that failed to but, close. Yeah, that failed to close those Oklahoma City teams because they were good. Like oh. Durant, Westbrook, um, James Harden was also yeah, like the sixth surge. man coming off the bench. Yeah, they were an incredible group, and they were just never able to seal the deal. I'm gonna loop in my tweet of the day for who's at the bar, and I'm gonna go with Jason Biggs. Uh, Jason tweets out, and excuse my French, want to feel old? That kid who fucked the pie (laughs) turned 43 today. Uh, Jason Biggs, obviously the actor uh, who most notably played uh, that lead character in American Pie, 43 years old. How does that make you feel, Brendan? (laughs) Good God, man. 
That's I saw that tweet. Were you were you an American Pie guy? Like I I don't know. Like I remember that. I've done a few like very funny. Like it was like a like late nineties. Yeah, I've done a few like Netflix sift through. I think I watched one. I think I watched the. uh, I guess it wasn't the first one. Definitely wasn't the first one. Uncorked. No, I'm thinking wedding crashes now. <laughs> no, is that like it? It was definitely a staple for like when I was when I was younger, when I was in high school. Everybody thought these movies were the funniest thing in the world, and you know, it's kind of like the predecessor for The Hangover, where all these kids are just trying. Like their biggest concern is just finding a prom date and like where they're going to be. Yeah, party. and like and like it was it was just hilarious stuff. So, uh, happy birthday, Jason! Uh, enjoy a nice cocktail at the bar. And I gotta be honest, like I did feel old reading that tweet. So message sent, message received, Jason. Thank you very much. I do feel old today. Well, another guy who's reminded of his age every day on graphics or in media is Joe Thornton. So I'll slip in my uh, tweet of the day here as well. It's from Mark Masters at Mark H Masters. Maple Leafs will face the Canadians in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since 1979, as we all know. Zidane Ochara is the only active NHL player who was alive at the time. Joe Thornton was born a few months earlier. Three months later, pardon me. So crazy. So pumped to have this in a in a first round series, man. Injected no, into my veins. That's the vaccine I, was, I want. Leaves Habs. I was saying before, um, I didn't really get back to the thought. I like it would be the case that there's no fans in the stands and the Habs and the Leafs are meeting each other in the playoffs. Because if this were a normal year, it would be absolutely electric. Oh, um, the Bell Center, Bell Center? electric and the uh, the Bell Center electric at Scotiabank. I know that Toronto gets a bad rap for you know the fans in the arena or their home arena during the regular season, but come playoffs, it's game time and everybody's engaged. The business meetings are done at the Platinum Club after the game is over, rather than in the lower bowl during the game, and it gets electric as well. And you know that they would be ready to pop off for a Leafs-Habs first-round series. So disappointing for sure that there won't be fans in the building, but we'll still uh, be excited and engaged for every game watching on TV. Just hope that uh, the guy at Sportsnet or TSN that's pressing the crowd button to reaction is uh, on his game. That was seen a couple ridiculous. Are you referring to the the guy at the... Uh, I forgot the MLB game, but it was at, it was at some ballpark. He just complete. <laughs> I think it was a Rangers-Royals uh, game. I'll have to go back and look, but the guy just completely whiffed. That's the epitome of you had one job, and you can yeah, just see yeah. he's just dejected, like just hunched over. He blew it, like completely <laughs> blew it. Like you got to watch that, man. Like I gotta be honest, I have uh, no idea what you're talking about in this instance. I'm just saying, like I've oh. heard, like as I'm watching the live broadcasts, more often than not, I find that there's like a, del- a noticeable delay between like the fan reaction and like what's happening. It's kind of or like the reaction, you know, like there's a big hit and then like five seconds later, it's like, oh, <laughs> or scored. And then it's like, you know, the horn goes off and then like three or four seconds later, like the crowd's cheering. And I know it's a difficult job because you got to sort of react accordingly and I wouldn't want it. I'm just saying I hope whoever has it is on the top of their game because you've worked the audio board before. I believe you've done that for uh, for Jay and Dan. We used to do it in school where you work uh, the audio board and you're controlling all the different stuff. It's difficult to do for sure. Uh, I don't envy whoever is in, in that position, but uh, better eat your Wheaties I, in the morning and be prepared for that assignment. I never did that, and you took the wind out of my sail, so let me finish this story. It was essentially <laughs> the, the away team hit a bomb, and the home audio guy 
blasted fireworks for the away team. So it was just a cringeworthy moment. It's a simple oh, story, but you should look like it up. That. It's hilarious, Kenny. <laughs> Can you imagine being... It's, it's just what, utter so embarrassment. Funny. It sucks. It's like, come on, dude. Like, look alive. Can you imagine being on the home team? And then, like, like being the pitcher on the mound for the home team, you give up a jack to the away team, and, like, the guy just fires off Pow. fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, multiple, too. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, this like cringe. It's like you're playing a game of Slugfest back in the day. Mark yeah. McGuire with a bat on fire just jacks one out of the park. Like, the animation just going off. You feel bad for the guy. You got to you gotta wake up the next day and roll up your sleeves and keep going. But I'm sure you got a talking to from from PR or whoever, whoever cuts his paychecks. Stern talking to. Thanks for listening to episode, which, which episode are we on? 47? 47, Leo Komarov. 47, the Leo Komarov edition of LeafsPod. Throw us a follow on Twitter, at LeafsPod, at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at HockeyPodNet. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>